On this edition of the Iowa Business Report, 87% of Iowans ages 18 to 44 use Facebook. That's a huge percentage. A new study shows how Iowans use digital media with great insight for businesses looking to reach customers. Tips on how not to look too old in your resume. And in our business profile, we'll introduce you to a media company celebrating seven decades of service this weekend. This is the Iowa Business Report for the end of September and beginning of October 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. You can probably remember when you first used a personal computer and when you got a cell phone. But you might have a hard time remembering at what point all of those developments became such integral parts of our lives. Now businesses use digital media to reach consumers and vice versa. To determine just how Iowans use digital media, the folks at the national digital marketing company Blue Compass, based in the Des Moines area, periodically do research. Drew Harden is Blue Compass CEO and co-founder and shares with us some findings from their latest research. We have many clients here at Blue Compass that are located, you know, all over the country, but a lot of our clients are here in Iowa and they serve Iowans as their target audience. And so a few years ago, we decided, you know, we needed to get a little more information about how Iowans use the web, about how they searched, how they use social media, et cetera. We looked and we couldn't find any stat on it. We found no market research, no surveys, no studies about the social media habits of Iowans or the online search habits of Iowans. And so we took it upon ourselves, Jeff, to go out there and conduct some market research with hundreds and hundreds of Iowans and just figure out, you know, what are the habits of Iowans online? We knew nationally how people use the web and social media, but not as much Iowans. And so we started to do this probably five or six years ago. We continually update the study. So it's been really helpful for our clients, but also just interesting in general to see how Iowans use social media and the web and how that differs from nationally. So what generally are some differences? Do we as Iowans fall in line with national trends or are there a few highlights of things where Iowa takes a little different path? Well, some of the stats are very similar, but there are some interesting differences. And one of them is general behaviors of Iowans when they're on social media. And in our research, we found that the number one things Iowans say they do when they are on social media is connecting with friends and family. I think that's very positive. That's fantastic. Whereas nationally, you know, we've seen studies that say the number one thing they do is seek entertainment or you know doing something else so i thought that was kind of cool and another thing jeff that i found interesting is iowans say that they overwhelmingly trust local small business 
on social media, whereas they seem to distrust news and ads and corporations a lot more. So in our research, we found the number one thing that Iowans distrust when it comes to social media is general news content. And that was 46% distrust, which is very high. And local businesses on social media, I would say they distrusted only 7%. So that's just overwhelming trust for, you know, smaller community organizations and things like that. And I thought that was kind of cool as well. And it kind of plays into that whole Iowa nice family and friends type of thing. So if you're a business and you know that just at a base level, your message through social media is going to be received potentially more favorably if you are targeting people in Iowa. What should you do with that knowledge? Because I suppose some would say, well, just flood it, but then that's going to lead to people being overwhelmed and then distrusting. I think the main thing to do with that knowledge, if you're a local business or a smaller organization, is just be encouraged. Because, you know, a lot of the times, Jeff, we'll have clients that might be smaller businesses or medium-sized businesses, and they'll feel some frustrations because, you know, they don't have the billions and billions of dollars for marketing that some of these large, large corporations do that are national or that are worldwide. I think it really points to one interesting word that we see more and more when it comes to marketing, which is authenticity. With just the changing landscape over the past few decades where individuals have a bit more of a voice on their own social media platforms or YouTube or their websites, the message is a bit decentralized. I think people are looking more and more for authentic messages. And it makes me think a little bit of, you know, some of the videos I see online and sometimes the videos that aren't particularly lit well or have the best audio those sometimes do really fantastic, whereas, you know, the Hollywood productions might not as well. I think we've become really good as a society about telling, you know, when something is real or fake. And when you see an actor these days coming out and, you know, doing an ad and talking about something, I think generally we all know they were paid and they might not believe as strongly in this as they say they do. Whereas if you see, you know, an authentic, real person put up a video on Instagram or a post on a social platform talking about, wow, I really love this brand or man, this product or service is just fantastic. That means a lot more because they didn't necessarily get paid for it. You know, they're just doing it of their own volition. So I think that authenticity is something we're really starting to see shine through both in social media, but just in marketing in general. Have you found that usage is different now than it was in the immediate post-COVID environment? Absolutely. A couple of years ago, there's a lot of turmoil and so much negativity out there. Not that right now it's incredibly positive, but so much negativity out there on social media. It was after the election, COVID stuff was going on. And we saw some platforms decrease usage in Iowa for the first time. And we saw 4% of the people that we surveyed said, hey, I'm done. I'm done with social media. I'm going to go do something else. Today, when we did the research, only 1% of people say they're staying off social media. We surveyed many platforms from Facebook to Snapchat to Instagram to Twitter, now X, to LinkedIn. Every platform we looked at actually grew. Like there's more usage this year than there was a couple of years ago in Iowa. So overall, digital media usage is up. There's just one platform in Iowa that we saw for the first time actually decreased usage, and that's Instagram. 
Was it by a sizable enough amount that you're able to draw any conclusion, or is it just enough of a hiccup, and that's the outlier, but generally everybody's using more things? It was a fairly small decrease. It was only about 4 or 5% decrease this mm-hmm. year. But it was interesting because, you know, Jeff, over the past six years, Instagram is always rising by 10%, 20% every single year. There's been a lot of increase. So we thought it was really fascinating that it actually decreased even, even just a little bit this year. And so we asked, you know, why would that happen? Why is Instagram usage stagnant or even decreasing? I think it's a good question. One of the reasons we see some people being frustrated with Instagram these days is there's just so many more ads. I mean, you look back a few years ago, there were fewer ads. Instagram's a company. It's owned by Meta. It has to make a profit. So one of the ways it does that is more and more ads. And then there's also been some algorithm changes over the last few years that I think have frustrated some people. And it used to be a chronological timeline where you just see, you know, whoever you're following, the latest post would be in order. Whereas it's a lot more algorithmic now and it decides what to show you. And I think that's frustrated some people too. So those might be two of the culprits. Like many people in business, I have to use multiple social media platforms because I know my audience uses multiple platforms. How does that square with Iowans in terms of, you know, there are some folks who are dedicated Facebook users, others love Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Do people have a favorite and do they tend to use multiple outlets, I guess, either to get a message out or to make sure they don't miss anything? Believe it or not, Facebook is still the number one social platform in Iowa, and that's higher than national. 87% of Iowans ages 18 to 44 use Facebook. That's a huge percentage. Nationally, that percentage is 74%, so it's a lot less. Iowans love their Facebook for some reason. It's really interesting when you look at 18 to 24-year-olds, the social media usage is a lot more. They spend more time on it, but there's also more platforms they use. They're on like three or four or five different platforms. Whereas you get a little bit older, you know, you get into the 35 to 44 year olds, they're really only on two, maybe three at most. So generally the older the Iowan is, the fewer platforms they're on. And of course, Facebook is the number one platform with older Iowans. So it just depends on the age group. But the number one right now with younger Iowans at least the one they're spending the most time on is actually Snapchat. We saw a lot of growth in Snapchat over the past couple of years, 37% growth amongst Iowans in Snapchat. And that's huge, which is interesting, I think, to a lot of older Iowans like you or I that aren't necessarily like teenagers or 20-somethings because I don't use Snapchat much. I have an account and I don't hear a lot about it, but I know both of my boys are teenagers and they don't spend much time at all on social media. They're not interested in it, but they do have some interest in Snapchat and like all the kids at school are on Snapchat. So that's a very popular platform right now for younger Iowans. One of the things we encourage our clients to do is don't just focus on one platform, diversify a bit. And then at the same time, don't try to be on every platform. You probably don't have the time, the budget, the resources to do every platform really, really well. So you got to diversify a little bit, but don't try to be everything for everyone. I think that's really important. You know, Jeff, the best platform that we've found to reach Iowans is Google search, just organic Google search, not necessarily paid ads. Those can be good too, but Google is the number one used digital platform of Iowans. 97% of Iowans use Google. 
And I think one of the reasons that just Google search works so well is that the intent is different when someone goes there than if they go to like a Facebook or an Instagram. You know, on Facebook or Instagram, they're looking to connect with friends and family, whereas on Google, they're looking to satisfy a query. And so if your organization can be the answer to that query, if you can literally be the answer to a question or your service or product can be, that's incredibly powerful. And so for our clients, in most cases, we see that the best results, the best traffic to their website comes from just organic Google search. Drew Harden of the digital marketing company Blue Compass, online at bluecompass.com. We spoke via Zoom on Monday, September 25th. Still to come, how not to fall victim to ageism. And later, 70 years of service to Eastern Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hello, Iowa. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. Our September-October issue features stories about Iowa's World War II POW camps, Chicago Cubs pitcher Leonard King Cole, seven decades of Eastern Iowa TV, Vietnam analyst Gwendolyn Wilson-Fowler, and Iowa's Halloween myths and legends. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Barnes & Noble, Hy-Vee, and select Walmart, Books A Million, Mills Fleet Farm Stores, or iowahistoryjournal.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. A recent study by the Society for HR Management, SHRM, detailed the prevalence of age discrimination in the workplace. 30% of U.S. workers say they have felt unfairly treated at some point in their career due to age. And of that group, 72% said it made them feel like quitting their job. To combat age discrimination when applying for jobs, experts say it makes sense to review your resume so you are not typecast as an applicant of a certain age or stereotyped skill set. Here are five tips to make sure your resume doesn't show your age. First, don't include more than the past 15 years of experience. Experts say that's enough to show your skills and accomplishments without including that part-time job you had in high school. Second, check your email address. They say if you are using Hotmail or AOL, for example, you're not keeping up with trends. They suggest switching to Gmail or, even better, an email account connected to your own branded website. Next, look at your formatting. If you are still using two spaces after a period, it means you learned on a typewriter and have not converted mentally to the current convention of only one space after a period. They say it's like circling your age with a big red marker. Number four, leave off higher education graduation dates. The focus should be on the institution and course of study, prioritizing qualifications and achievements. And finally, if your resume is missing recent technology or tools, you may seem out of touch. You should emphasize your adeptness with current software, tools, and programs, showcasing your readiness to tackle modern challenges head-on. The bottom line is to tout your experience while leaving out personal data. 
like your age. Coming up, the first on the air. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. In football, every win counts. That's why the Cyclone and Hawkeye football teams rely on cleaner-burning biodiesel to power their game day buses. Made from soybeans grown right here in Iowa, biodiesel is helping to power college athletics, enhance our environment, and support Iowa farmers. This message was brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association, driven to deliver for Iowa's 40,000 soybean farmers. Visit IASoybeans.com to learn more about biodiesel's impact on football and the farmers who make it possible. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. On September 30, 1953, the first television station in eastern Iowa went on the air, with others soon to follow. In a situation unlike anywhere else in the country, eastern Iowans went from no stations to three in just two months. It started with Channel 2, now known as KGAN-TV, owned by the Sinclair Broadcast Group. In this week's business profile, we talk with Glenn Callanan, station manager for Channel 2 in Cedar Rapids, about the hallmarks of operating a local TV station and the business of broadcasting. It wasn't like radio had been around for 100 years. Radio was maybe 20 years old as far as a real industry. So the concept of having TV stations that only went to certain areas was very new. You could have, in essence, before regulations were put in, if you had a signal large enough, you could have reached virtually any place in the United States or, or past that. To start serving communities and the, the concept behind uh, local messaging, local news, local information, local sports was really something that was being invented on the run. If you look at old pictures now where we sit here at broadcast park right at Collins and see basically we were it you know there was plenty of farmland and there was a stick that transmitted the tower going up there wasn't much else that you would notice around here that everything since then has been built and certainly our team still to this day we were doing more news than we ever did at the time now become you broadcast first you you do much smaller casts whether it's podcasting whether it's information specific to zip codes and in the future we be we should be able to offer information that is opposed to just having and when we have our weather running that the weather can be to where your community is there's better information there's more information but i will tell you this the thing that hasn't changed is if it's not good information if it's not quality information if it's not information people can trust it doesn't matter how you do it we still have to focus on getting the information people need and getting to them in a fair and in a way that they believe is uh, trustworthy that's what I think we're always going to be charged with, uh, Jeff, is uh, can we be trusted? Can we be fair? Can we give people, especially when we're talking about news information, information that they can actually take, they can consume, and then make their own decision. It's a great future. There's, there's a tremendous future ahead of us, and especially for content creators like yourself who continue to find ways to, to get information to people. And I think in five years, there'll be things we can barely imagine now that we'll be doing. So it's, it's exciting times. It really is. Here you are with a television station covering a third of the state of Iowa, 30-some counties. But at the same time that you are charged with covering such a large geographical area, you can soon micro-target 
as you note, almost by zip code, by IP address, etc., that is sort of a fun challenge because at the same time you're shooting video that would air on an 80-inch television, it also has to look good on a one-inch phone screen. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you just have to wind up doing so many things because you have so many outlets. It truly is a challenge, and, and how do you find enough hours in the day? Just because you can do all these things doesn't mean you will do all these things. So how do you still meet your overall obligation to find out the information that's important in a broad sense, but then how do you target that down to levels that may be very specific, almost to an individual level? And I think that's what you're coming to. You're going to be able to probably do both. But again, it's not a matter how you do it, it's what you do, and are people interested in it? We have to stay nimble. We have to give people what they want, where they want it. But we have to always focus on content first. And the delivery systems are important, but it'll only be important if somebody wants to watch it. I think you're seeing that with some of the streaming companies now because they went out. They were very aggressive on their platforms, meaning building a very hardy platform, and forgot that having a hardy platform is one thing, and having something to put on is more important. So. I think our engineers, our, our people will keep us moving uh, and keep us all going in the right direction. When I say us, I mean the broadcast industry in general, but we still have to continue to put out good information and good content and good something that's entertaining, something that's informative, something that's exciting, and the, the technology will be there, and we're going to jump on it and stay with it, but content first and then delivery second. Of course, that's just my opinion. What do I know? Glenn Callanan of KGAN-TV, Channel 2 in Cedar Rapids, which went on the air 70 years ago this week. We connected on Wednesday, September 27th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.